Today on the show, Haley Bieber. She's divine in every way. We talk about the industry balancing the feminine with the masculine and what she's cooking up next. This is 4D with Demi Lovato. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hi, Haley. Hi, how are you? I'm good. It is so good to see you. I feel like it's literally been years since I've like seen been, you in person. I don't think it's been during the pandemic. No, no. And so that means I think it was like late 2019 was the last time I saw you was maybe at church. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Just so crazy. I know. I know. That's so wild. And I, I miss you. I hope you're doing well. You're in the public eye as an individual and a partner, but I want to know how you want to introduce yourself to my audience. Okay, I'll do it. Um, so my name is Haley Bieber. I am a model. I am also a wife. I am an avid dog lover. <laughs> and I am just a person that's trying to exist. <laughs> okay, you know what? That's perfect. And in 2021, who isn't? Right. I'm just <laughs> trying to survive like everybody else. Yeah. Truly. Oh, my gosh. Um, well, some things that I didn't know about you that was really, really fascinating. You were a ballet dancer. Yeah, I was a ballet dancer for 12 years, actually. Wow. What? I can't even imagine because I saw Black Swan, but like that's pretty much all <laughs> I know about ballet. Um, and I took it as a kid, but not not when it started getting hard. I was like, all right, I'm out. Right. It takes like commitment. You have to really love it and you have to really uh, want to do it. Um, I loved it. I thought that it was really good discipline for me. I was kind of the type of kid that was all over the place. You know what I mean? I just very ADD, couldn't focus, couldn't pay attention. And I felt like being committed to something so many days a week was just good for my development as a person. Um, right. I knew once I hit like 16, 17, I probably wasn't like there to be professional and mm -hmm. to take it to the level of being professional. There was, you know, a lot of people that were a lot better than me and just had a lot more natural ability than I did. But it's something I look back on and I'm always going to appreciate it. And I'm always going to be really grateful that I did it. And I love ballet. I love if I go and watch a ballet now, I'll just cry because I'm Aww. so moved by the movement and the music and I loved it. Oh, I love that. I mean, there's got to be like a ridiculous amount of physical awareness that you have in your body when you're training ballet because it requires so much of you. And, and it makes mm -hmm. me wonder, there's times where I have been, you know, on set at a photo shoot and I have to do like a certain move. And I'm like, I don't right. know how models do this because <laughs> it kind of feels like you're dancing, but holding the pose. I mean, it, is there ever an overlap between the two? Totally. I feel like having a dancer background has been so helpful in terms of 
modeling and just movement in general. Sometimes you do a photo shoot, right? And they'll have a movement coach on the set. Oh, cool. Some people I just think are not as comfortable in their bodies. So they need a little help to get, you know, to that place of feeling more comfortable and loose and being able to move their body. But I do think that it has been so helpful. I feel like I've enjoyed the shoots where I get to really move because it reminds me so much of dancing and it reminds mm. me of ballet and it reminds me of the very like elegant arms and, and, and everything. And in terms of even just overall health, like flexibility and yeah. muscle memory, I feel like if I don't work out for a really long time, then I get back into it. My muscle memory is, is there, which is Oh, nice. that's so cool. You know what? For me, this sounds a lot like jujitsu. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for me, exactly. for- yeah, like I wasn't really ever like I said it ballet. I I only stuck with until I was about maybe like six or seven. I had done enough demi plie jokes, you know, and <laughs> and I ran out of material, so I decided to to, to hang up that. But um, I I feel like with jujitsu and and for me personally, there's so many little lessons that I learn in jujitsu that kind of have given me a structure. Um, to take into my daily life. I'm wondering mm. what are some lessons that ballet has taught you uh, in your daily routine? I think I'm the type of person where I thrive having a routine and I don't feel as healthy when I don't have a routine. Right. And I do think I took that directly from, you know, seven days a week, ballet class, rehearsal, showing up, showing up, showing up not just skipping classes for no reason. I wish I was that way about school because I certainly wasn't. <laughs> I was that way about dancing, but that was because I was genuinely very passionate about it. Right. So I think that is the biggest thing that has come over into my adult life now. Well, that's cool. So as a model, you're a part of the fashion industry. Something I heard that was so interesting to me is you always used to steal your mom's sweaters. Is yeah. that... <laughs> Is that is there something iconic that you remember not stealing, borrowing from your mom? Mm -hmm. Well, the thing is, there was two reasons I used to always take her sweaters. One was because when she would go out of town, I would sleep in the sweater because it smelled like her. And I used to get oh, so I was I felt very like distraught when I was away from my parents as a kid. So I would take her sweater because she had this certain perfume that she wore for everything that smelled like her. So that was mm -hmm. half of it. And then the other half was she just had such a good like cashmere sweater collection. And I was like, oh, these are so soft. I want to steal them <laughs> and wear them. I couldn't take any shoes because my feet are bigger than hers, sadly. But I definitely used to just take her stuff, especially as a teenager when I got older and I could actually fit her clothes better. Sweaters, jackets. Mm -hmm. She always had such a cool collection. She still does. She always had a cool collection of just like stuff from the 90s and it makes me think about if I ever have a daughter one day, Aww. I have certain pieces that I'm like, oh, I want to save that. Cute. Because 20 years from now, it might be, you know, something dope. Did your mom's style influence your style today? I think so, for sure. I, I definitely think so. My mom always, I felt like, had her very own style that wasn't really defined by anybody else. And I've always admired that about her, that mm -hmm. she had this style that was so just her thing. And my yeah. mom, you know, I look back on like old photos of my parents, even like on the red carpet. And I'm like, wow, this is such a vibe. Like I'm definitely stealing this and recreating this. Cute. Oh, you did the Vogue shoot where you paid tribute to Princess Diana. 
Mm-hmm. And and I just was like, oh my God, that's so perfect because you know, what you and Princess Diana had in common was your your style really embodies traditionally feminine and traditionally masculine clothing. I mean, the the mm-hmm. oversized blazers, the bike shorts with the sneakers. Um, but then you were you're able to like make it super feminine. And I find that that's really it's a it's a beautiful kind of genderless uh, way to represent yourself in fat like fashion clothes wise. I'm just wondering, have you put much thought into it or is that something that has just come naturally because you like what you see? I definitely get a lot of inspiration from a lot of different places. I've always felt the most comfortable in very more so genderless, tomboy, oversized style things. I've always really liked the idea of, you know, something can be worn by a man or a woman um, yeah. stealing out of a boyfriend's closet. You know, mm-hmm. I used to always take my dad's like big t-shirts and I just like to be, ultimately, I just like to be comfortable. And a lot of the time I think, you know, you think of women's clothing and you think very fitted, you think like small and tiny and tight and sexy. And there are those yeah. aspects that I still love too, that I gravitate towards, but I like to do like t- tight and short with like a big coat or like yeah. something where it's kind of marrying the two worlds. And um, I find so much inspiration from so many different places. I mean, I shop in the men's section every time I <laughs> go shopping. I will not skip the men's section ever. Um, and with Princess Diana, I feel like she just embodied this very unapologetic style in terms of she knew what everyone wanted her to be. And she said, no, 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 I'm going to be me. Yes. And I feel like that was very reflected in everything that she wore. And I'm also really inspired by like eras, the nineties, like the late Mm eighties, you know, the early two thousands, you know, old actresses and what they were like wearing in the airport and like just all these weird different things where I find inspiration a lot through photos and, my my inspo on Pinterest, like I make Pinterest boards and I see the way, you know, young people are putting things together. And I'm ex- I'm just inspired by a lot of different things around me. I might do a photo shoot where they put me in something where I'm like, wow, I actually would have never thought of this together. Or I wouldn't have worn it this way, but now I'm inspired to try it my way. So right. I think I take little bits and pieces from everywhere and everything mm-hmm. and everybody. And mm-hmm. I kind of just make it into what I think is me. If that makes sense. Yeah. Is Princess Diana somebody that you look up to? Yeah, for sure. I just recently actually watched a documentary that was about, it was, I think like a BBC documentary and it was about her life. And it honestly, I had so much appreciation for Princess Diana, but I also felt so sad about the way I felt like she was boxed in, in a lot of ways. Um, but I felt like who she was really shined through. And I think that was the most inspirational thing for me because I want who I am to shine through in so many different ways. And I want people to see me for me. And I know that that's not always going to happen. And you can't expect everybody to understand you because I think people go out of their way to purposely not understand you sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that was something of, of her as just the person she was um, that inspired me. Right. People want to put their own ideas and um, 
kind of put us in, in the box that they want us to be in. I feel like um, what are some things that you would change about, you know, being in the spotlight or even what would you change inside the beauty and fashion industry? Well, I think there's been a lot of really important conversations that have started over the last year, two years, probably more so the last year, um, where it there was a big discussion about representation in so many different ways, different ethnicities, different body types. And I'm somebody who I really want to embrace being myself and want to celebrate people for being themselves. That's important to me. My whole thing is I have this big idea of like individuality means everything to me because there's only one me and there's only one you and there's only one this person and this person. I feel like what social media has done and what maybe old beauty standards have done and, you know, just industry standards have made people feel like who they are as an individual is not special enough. Mm. And that really um, makes me sad. And I think that's my biggest fight with being in the public eye is that when everybody's like, oh, well, she's this and she's this and she seems mean and she seems like a bitch. And then I talk about it like I am Mm -hmm. right now. And then they're like, well, she's lying and she's, you know, Okay. Well, first of all, I'm just, I'm putting my hand up because I think (laughs) I've never met anyone sweeter in this industry. I I mean, honestly, I know that the last time that I saw you, you held my hand sitting next to me in church when I was going through a rough time. And like, those are little things that I don't forget. Like people who are there for me during times uh, where I'm struggling, you know, I, it was, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that anyone would ever think that about you because you're the farthest thing from that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, and and I I'm sure it gets really really challenging, you know. Um is there anything that you want to clear up in in this podcast <laughs> besides that? You know, obviously I can clear that up. Haley is the nicest person in the world. What it else? Just gets back to like with the whole fight against like you know, I, you know, I do my best to be kind and like treat people with respect and kindness. But at the same time too, I'm like, where's the flip side of the fact that I'm also a human being and I do have bad days. I don't think there's ever an excuse for being blatantly like disrespectful to someone's face or being rude. And that's totally not what I'm about, but I'm just saying like, we have days where we're just not having a good one and I'm moody or you don't know what phone call I just got or someone's actually stepping over a boundary and invading my personal space and I'm very uncomfortable and now I have anxiety about it. It's just, it gets right back to people trying to take you as a person and go like this and say, fit inside this box and let me label you because I don't like who I am essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just think it's a constant fight of reminding myself that most of the time when people are putting stuff on you, it's because that's how they feel about themselves. Right. And that's also really sad. Yeah, exactly. I do think that it's really important to remind people of the flip side about us being human because, I don't know, I wanted to give you an opportunity to just kind of like clear the air because this is a safe space. And I don't know if there's anything that you wanted. (sighs) I mean... There's so many things that I think back on that I'm like, I wish I could talk about them because I feel like there's been so many things that have been taken and twisted and completely, completely uh, taken out of context and 
turned into crazy lies. And I just feel like I'm the type of person where I believe that everything comes out in the wash. <laughs> ah, wow. Yeah. You know, if I try to set all the records straight, I'm going to be exhausted. I just believe everything eventually does come to light. I don't think that you can, you know, keep everything hidden and swept under the rug. Where do you find your resilience? Because I I can only imagine, you know, when I opened up for the Jonas Brothers, I was like public enemy number one to those girls in the audience because because they were like, no, like, but and then I and then I kind of established, you know, my friendship with them and people weren't as, you know, hateful. <laughs> but I can only imagine what you've had to deal with dating and then now marrying Justin, who's mm-hmm. on, you know, in, in a very public position. Um, where do you find your resilience? Where do you how do you keep yourself going when people are like? attacking you or just Mm -hmm. saying mean things? I think one of the biggest things is you have to know what the truth is behind everything. You know, there's so many narratives that float around about me, about him, about us together. You know, there's one big fat narrative that goes around. That's like, Justin is not nice to her and he mistreats her. And I'm just like, it's so far from the truth. And it's the complete and utter opposite. Like, I, I really am lucky to say I'm, I'm with someone who is extremely respectful of me, who makes me feel special every single day. And mm-hmm. so when I see the opposite of that, I'm just like, huh, because it's just, and everybody around can, who, who's, who knows us personally would say the same thing. So I'm just like, at the end of the day, when there's, rumors and there's that's why I love that Lizzo song that's out right now where she's like all the rumors are true I'm like you know what you're right (laughs) all the rumors are true baby like it's just you have to be able to fight all the lies and all the bullshit that people come up with with what is actually the truth so if the lie is um you know they're they're miserable in their relationship. It's like, well, the truth is, is that we've literally never been more obsessed with each other and we have so much fun together. And you have to surround yourself with people, I think, that remind you of that too. I think Justin does a very good job at reminding me because I have my low days where I'm like, it's just too much. And all the things people are saying, it's, I can't take it today. And again, he'll come in and be like, well, the truth is this. The truth is that, you know, you're good and you're secure and you're loved and all of your friends love you and your family loves you and I love you and just being able to have people around you that can really reinforce to you when you can't see it for yourself people that can speak the real truth into your life and just say you know I feel special when I'm around you and I love being around you I love being your friend you know I love being your sister I love being you know whatever it may be I just think having those people to be able to co-regulate and just yeah remind you of who you really are. Yeah. Co-regulating has been a tool for me that I use. I mean, almost daily. If if um I use it when I'm not struggling too. I just I I'm a people person, but I found that like when I if I'm struggling, calling up a friend, calling up um someone on my treatment team and just talking to them 
co-regulating has been like such a huge coping skill for me. And um, I'm happy to hear that it has helped you too. How do you play point, like an emotional point for Justin? And how does he do that for you? You said that he reminds you of the truth. What are some ways that you are able to support him? I'm the really like practical, this type of a thinker, try to have an explanation for everything, which I'm working on because I'm like, I don't have an explanation for a lot of things, but I'm always like, I'm a problem solver. Let's fix it. Me too. Let's be proactive. Yes. Um, And I think he, I don't think, I know for a fact he (laughs) is the more emotional one who's very sensitive, you know, extremely artistic, obviously. Um, And I think, to be honest, he's my best friend. So sometimes you just don't even have to say anything. Sometimes you can just be there and you might be like, I don't want to talk about it and I'm not in the space to talk about it, but can like, I have a hug or just emotionally supporting someone and just being there and going through this big, crazy life with a person by your side, especially the person you want to spend all your time around is so fun. And I think we just have fun together and that's important. Cute. I love that. I love that for you. I've been in relationships where I felt like I have had a best friend or a partner with me and, um, and I've actually been adjusting to my life now, which is like, I haven't been in a relationship for about a year. And it's the longest time that I've been single because I've always jumped from relationship to relationship to relationship. And so this year I'm, I've kind of like told myself, all right, just spend some time with you. And that's where, that's where I'm at. I kind of, (laughs) I've been saying I'm, I'm single as a Pringle. And um, which I love. I do feel like that time is really important. Yeah. The single time that the my dad used to say this thing to me all the time, self-preservation mode, mm. <laughs> where you're just in self-preservation mode of you're protecting your heart. You are looking yeah. out for you. You're trying to understand what you might want and need in the next relationship. Totally. I was single for a long time before Justin and I got back together. I mean, I was hanging out with people. I was being 21 years old, doing what you do when you're young. I was just, you know, hanging out, meeting people. Um, But I was never in serious relationships or like long-term relationships. It was really only the back and forth I experienced with him. And I felt like that time truly like right before we got back together was like the most time I felt very like, you know what? I feel very comfortable with myself. I feel very good about where I'm at in my job with my friends. Um, You know, I think I, I struggle, my struggle was that I would feel, I would go back and forth about being lonely, but at the same time, I was such an independent person. I've always Mm. been extremely independent and that's why my space is also very important to me. Um, Mm -hmm. alone time is important to me. That's again, why routine is important to me because I like to have my space. If I feel suffocated, I'm like, um, okay, well, you know, now I feel smothered and like, I can't handle it. I'm just not that type of a person. That's so funny. Um, Cause from the outside looking in, I would, I, I just see you and Justin as like obsessed with each other and wanting to spend all your time together. We (laughs) totally are, but we also really both value space. And that's cool. I think that sometimes when you're in a relationship and your partner maybe wants to be like, hey, I want to just 
you know, go spend an hour or two by myself, you, you take offense and you're like, you don't want to be around me. He doesn't love me anymore. She doesn't love me anymore, whatever it may be. And then you start to like spiral and then you learn and you realize that, um, you know, space and time for yourself is actually so beneficial and so important because if the choice is that you do want to spend the rest of your lives together, you're going to be spending an awful lot of time together. (laughs) So like even having your own friends, being able to go off and you go do your thing, you go do your thing. And then you come back together. I mean, one of the things that I love the most is if we're out somewhere together, like, you know, whether it be a party, whatever it may be, I don't know, like somewhere where we're both mingling, we could separate for like hours at a party and then like find each other for five minutes and be like, Hey, you're having fun. Okay, cool. See you in a bit. And then just keep it moving. (laughs) And the confidence that I feel like that's given me of like, he trusts me. Yeah. He's just like, I know he's here. So if I need him for anything, I know that he's there, but I trust him and he's having his conversations and I'm having mine. And Mm -hmm. that it it feels like that feels like a good space to me. That, that sounds like goals, like couple (laughs) goals. That sounds like couple goals. Um, because I I am a very independent person too. And I, Mm -hmm. I like my alone time. Like I like, Sometimes I like just watching, binge watching my TV shows by myself. Right. <laughs> or, I want my own show sometimes. Right. Right. So I totally get that. I I, I one time um dated someone who wasn't into crime shows and I love oh, my no. crime shows. Like he doesn't want to watch crime shows because it's too negative. And I'm like, how am right. I supposed to like, no, I need that balance. Speaking of balance, I have yin yang now. So um, <laughs> thank you. But yeah, I just um that's so great that you have that self-awareness that you feel like you can you know be on your own cuz I think mm-hmm. a lot of times sometimes people's perspectives of us get pushed onto us and mm-hmm. um there was a time where I was in a serious relationship and well I remember feeling like people looked at us as like a unit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and I wanted my There was my, no individuality. Yes. How do you find that you keep the individuality between the two of you guys? Well, I think obviously when you when you marry someone that is really well known, you do also accept that people are a lot of the time only going to be like, oh, yeah, like that's blah, blah, blah's wife. It doesn't bother me. It bothers me when people try to take it and flip it and be like, People wouldn't know who you were if you weren't his wife. I hate that. I, dis- I hate that. I disagree. I'm yeah. sorry, but I disagree. Here's the thing. I have blended my whole life with this person. So yeah, like obviously we're very deeply associated, but at the same time, I have all my own work relationships. I yeah. do my own thing. I have my own job. I make my own money. And you know, independence for me was always really important. It was actually one of the biggest things that scared me about getting married. Cause I'm like, ah, like, and, and also there were times where I felt like I lost that within our relationship, especially when it was new. And in the beginning, I was like, Whoa, like, how do I maintain my life and my thing, but then blend it with this other person's life and feel comfortable with that. And I think it just like takes time mm-hmm. and it takes, honesty about what you feel like you need. And I think it changes all the time too. What I have needed at 24 might be different than what I need at 25. It was certainly different than what I needed at 22. 
And I think it just took a lot of talking it out and communicating. And, you know, we talked to a therapist, which I think has been really helpful and important. And we have people that, you know, Judah and Chelsea that we go to and we're like, Hey, you guys have been married for a hell of a lot longer than we have. Like, how would you maybe resolve this? Or what would you guys do in this situation? I think having people to go to is important that you trust and look up to. Yeah. Um, but I think I, I keep just trying to, I just keep trying to establish my thing. I, I had a job and a, and a career before we were married. And I think there's always been this association to him for a long time. Cause we've known each other for a long time and we dated when we were younger and people kind of always saw us around together. But then, you know, when we like split up and we didn't talk for a very long time, I felt like I worked very hard to continue establishing who Haley was. Mm-hmm. And I still work to establish that. And at the end of the day though, like it doesn't bother me when somebody's like, Oh, like you're Justin's wife. I'm like, yeah, I'm Justin's wife. Cause where's the lie (laughs) we're literally married yeah Yeah. Yeah. like yes I am his wife so that that's never bothered me I I feel comfortable knowing that I still have my career and my friends and my family and you know I think the fun one of the fun things about being married is that you do get to blend your lives together in a big way too a lot of his friends are now my friends and my friends are his friends so you know I don't think you had it some people I think maybe look at that as like, Ooh, you know, you know, she's her whole identity is in that. And, you know, a lot of who I am is in that, but it's not the whole thing. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I just want to tell my favorite Haley moment that I've ever had with you, <laughs> which I know you know which one that is. I I went to the Met Gala in 2016 or 2015, something like that. Yeah, I think it was and, 16. Yeah. And I didn't – I was in a very, like, sheltered world. Like, I didn't have many friends that were in the industry. I didn't know a lot of people. I knew, like, a handful of people at the Met Ball, and that was it. And – when I first got there, I was so insecure. I was so, um, I felt so, yeah, I just felt so insecure. And I, and if I also felt like I didn't know anybody. And I remember I got to the top of the stairs and you were standing there and you were like, hey, like, how's it going? And we just started talking. And I remember I had to wait for some reason at the top of the stairs for like 45 minutes and mm-hmm. to like go take more pictures or something. And I just remember like, you waiting with me at the top of those stairs for like 45 minutes and we just had like the best conversation but you you made me feel so at ease that I actually I went into the Met Ball when I didn't want to because I was so like nervous and you know and I just was um I was so grateful that in that moment you you just you were like you didn't I don't know you could have easily been like Oh, it's great to see you. I walked right past me and done your thing, which I would have expected anyone to do. But you literally just, you stood there, you made sure I was cool. And I think 
that was a moment where like even my security guard was like, I really fuck with her because that was really <laughs> cool what she just did, Aww. you know? And and I never yeah. forgot that. And and I think even before that, we had only met like a handful of times. Mm-hmm. And and that's just the type of person you are. And so that's like the ma- one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast is to be able to show the world like how genuine and how sweet you are. And mm-hmm. also, and like, yeah, of course. But, um, and I also wanted to talk about all things public eye and perceptions. And you have already accomplished so much in your career. What is Haley not yet doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I just wanted to jump back to the Met thing for one second because I do want to say, like, since this conversation has been so um, driven by the the concept of public perception and all these different things, I think from an outside perspective, people look at the Met Gown and they're like, oh my goodness, like it's the most extravagant, crazy thing. And it is all of those things. It's super fun. It's super, you know, you get to get dressed really beautifully, um, but it's probably the most intimidating situation to walk into. Right. Um and I, I personally don't think it gets any easier. You know, you're walking into a lot of energies and people shouting at you. It's this big red carpet with these stairs. And you're like, don't fall. Don't this. Right. Don't this. Does my dress look good? Like, is my hair wrong? Like, <laughs> like you're spinning, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I just remember find, seeing you and I could tell I'm such a feeler. And I was like, mm. I just feel like you needed a friend in that moment. So I'm happy that I could have been there for you. I'll never forget that moment either. Um, I just remember feeling like we really connected at that time. Yeah. Um, But moving on from the Met Gala conversation, (laughs) I think what's next for me is, you know, I think I've always said, like, I don't want to model forever. Mm-hmm. That's not something I see for myself for forever. Um, I don't see myself acting. I never really saw myself acting. I've I've given it a good try here and in there, and I was just like, yeah, it's. I, I, <laughs> if I'm gonna do something, I want to be really good at it. And I just felt like I hadn't studied. I hadn't, you know, I, I it's not my thing. But right. obviously, coming from a whole family of actors, I think people were like, oh, like, is she gonna be the next one? And I was like, yeah, right. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> you know, I. I've, I've always liked, you know, the hosting space. I did host a show at one point and I thought that was really fun. I felt like I found a part of myself that I never really knew I enjoyed mm-hmm. while doing that. And that's why now doing the YouTube channel, I feel like I get to kind of bring, um, not in a hosting way, but I, just like you have guests on your show, I have guests on my show and yeah you know, being able to just connect with people and, you know, find common ground and make content that people can laugh at or connect with or enjoy. Um, I never saw myself as a person who I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to go into the YouTube space. It's just like, I don't feel like that's my thing. And then I ended up really seeing all the feedback from the stuff that Mm -hmm. I was putting out and seeing how much people enjoyed it. And that really um, gave me more and more of a spark to want to keep doing that. I think the biggest next thing for me is I'm going to step into the beauty world and I'm starting a company, um, which has been really exciting. And we've been working on it now since the very beginning of the pandemic. So now we're almost two years into it. And, you know, I've, I, 
I'm the founder of the company. So I feel like for the first time ever, I feel the most like I know that this is where I'm supposed to be. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing from all sides of it. I love the creative. I love the whole process of everything. It brings me so much joy and I feel so passionate about it. So that's the next space that I haven't individually tackled yet that I'm going to stay really focused on. And I want to make products that people can get their hands on that are affordable, that they can enjoy that really work. And that's pretty much it. I'm still going to model for now too. I, I really do still love it, but I just meant like, you know, I couldn't see that for myself. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl & Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl & Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The last question that I always ask my guests on this podcast is, what does living in the fourth dimension mean to you? For me, I would hope living in the fourth dimension feels like a place where there's full acceptance. Yeah. If that makes sense, where it's just all the insecurities go out the window, acceptance for others, acceptance for self, um, just complete and total love bubble. Oh, I was thinking in my head, unconditional love. Yeah. 100%. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Haley. You are such a delight. I love talking to you. Same, same. And we got to catch up soon. Yes. I would love to see you soon. Dinner. Yes, please. Text me, call me. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Send my love to Justin and I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. 